Uh, so I spent four years as consultant in health care systems in this country, right at the tail end of the Affordable Care Act and start of the new administration. This is Reza Madavi, the CEO and CTO of a company called Plates. I'm not a um, physician, I am a technologist. And I spent all my life, the last 35 years, in a, in a high-tech field, leading-edge technologies. So that four years that I spent in healthcare really opened my eyes in terms of real massive issues and challenges that is facing us. Today I'm here with Giuliano, and we're going to talk about food. But to talk about food, we can't not talk about public health. A while back, I interviewed Reza and the chief chef advocate of Plates, Aaron Goldstein, about their app, MyPlates, that connects people who make good food to consumers. Aaron's actually a Worcester guy raised here in our home-based city, which is very cool. Yeah. So Aaron and Reza are super passionate about using technology to get food to people and think about how food impacts our health overall. Here's Reza again. Not only in this country, but particularly in this country, but also around the globe, whether it's um, health-related chronic illnesses that are really um, slowing us down and the cost of healthcare. Uh, we spend, I'm sure you know this, but we spend over $3.3 trillion a year in this country alone on healthcare, which is double of uh, per capita, double of what every uh, Western European country spend on their citizen. But at the same time, the last few years, our health um, expectancy and life expectancy has dropped sub- substantially. So we're spending more. Uh, the growth rate is double of the inflation, about 6% annually. We know healthcare is a huge issue in this country. And to not open up that very large and inaccessible can of worms, we're going to simply acknowledge the perceived high cost of healthcare and mention that there are countries that spend a lot less on healthcare that is universal and accessible to all citizens. This system, as well as other systems, all have an impact on the overall health of a community. What do you need to have in a healthy neighborhood? You need to have a number of things. You need to have uh, uh, access to uh, medicine. You need to have access to transportation. You need to make sure that you have a decent school, housing, and so forth. So when we talk about food, we really should be talking about overall health. And Reza framed in a way that I hadn't so much thought about before, but it makes a lot of sense. We treat uh, food as fuel. And we don't understand the implications of this intake. So 10% of Americans either love to cook or know how to cook. So that means we have 90% of this population that it's relying on industrial way of feeding us, large uh, institutions. So Giuliano, I know you love to cook. I do. But when did food and healthy eating habits like really form for you? Uh, well, I have to give all that credit to my parents for sure. Uh, my dad is super Italian and of course, as most people know, food is a huge part of that culture and not just, you know, what a lot of Americans would think of as Italian food, which is mostly just carbs and cheese and tomato sauce, which delicious is not bad at all. But the healthy side, you know, he immigrated from Europe at a young age and continued a lot of the old world traditions, um, in the home when I was growing up. So making homemade wine in the basement, having a garden every summer full of veggies, uh, grapevines in the yard. Um, and he was really, you know, adamant about not buying processed foods. Um, we didn't even have a microwave in the kitchen when I was a kid and my parents still don't. Um, and my mom's also an amazing cook and baker and really, uh, cares about crafting and designing a beautiful home and space, you know, uh, which has for us always revolved around the kitchen and dining. So creating an intentional space to 
sit and enjoy the meals, um, you know, even on a weeknight is something that she instilled on me as very being really important. And it for me has always been about more than fuel and something that can nourish your soul. Um, and it becomes part of your identity when you appreciate it that way. And you, you look at it that way. What about you? Well, for me, I've always loved food, but didn't really respect the health part of it as much as <laughs> just really enjoyed eating things that were good and tasty. And for a while, that included like fast food and not the most balanced diet, right? Yeah. But now I look at food and cooking as part of health and medicine and part ritual, right? Right. So I love to cook because it allows me to like take a break from work and things going on in the world and create something. And for someone whose mind, like mine, is constantly running, sitting down and doing nothing is not particularly relaxing for me. So my brain space is also occupied with the process of cooking, and yeah. I find it really therapeutic. Mm-hmm. But I also feel better now that I understand more about what I'm putting into my body. In terms of health, we understand now, and we understand more each day, and research is proving each day, that the major killers, the major diseases are 100% preventable. And we know 100% that food is probably the most essential root cause of those preventable diseases. This is Aaron Goldstein, who I mentioned earlier. Aaron is a chef and someone I've gotten to know over the past few years. He really believes in food's ability to heal, more than just our bodies, but also as a tool to bring people together, celebrate diversity and culture, and have growth-supporting conversations at the dinner table. So we vibe pretty well. You know, health and food is very complex, and uh, getting to the root causes is difficult and complex. But I think one of the biggest opportunities we have is to work with and improve the disconnect that exists with people and where their food comes from. So I think the average person doesn't really understand the, the farm systems uh, in the West, especially in the States, right? Those systems are systems that are leading to illness. I can admit that there is a lot for me to learn about farming and agriculture and food as business, right? Like distribution, sale, shelf life, etc. There's like a ton of factors. It's a complex system that has a lot of inefficiencies. And it seems from my conversation with Aaron and Reza that not all the priorities of major distributors of food is focused on people's health. Uh, It's about making money. Surprise. Right. Okay. Right. Oh, and speaking of food distribution and actual commitment to health and sustainability, do you want to talk about the new subscription service we just started at home? Yes. Okay. So we just started ButcherBox and we're loving it so far, right? Um, They're based out of Boston and are committed to sustainability and nutrition. And it's also delicious. Um, And, you know, if you're a carnivore, omnivore, like the both of us, um, you know, but also care about sustainability. Sometimes it's, it's kind of hard because you, you want to enjoy the food, but you know, maybe you're not getting it from the most responsible places. So this is what Butcher Box, um, uh, you know, tries to fill the void of. And it encourages creativity, unlike some other food subscription services that give you an exact recipe and all the ingredients and you have to use them that week. This is just frozen cuts of meat that are sustainably, you know, ethically sourced and you can cook it in any way you want. And there you know they have resources online that is pretty awesome um and it's great i love the freedom it provides 
And this is why I love internet and technology. And by the way, that was not a paid ad or sponsored by ButcherBox. We actually just got it, and it was very relevant to this conversation. Um, But this is why I love the internet and technology and humans' ability to innovate, right? As conversations and education continue around healthy living, people are taking action and creating products and services that meet the needs people are expressing. And I just want to highlight Aaron and Reza's app as well called MyPlates, since they are using technology as a tool to connect people to healthy food. So the platform is built to connect chefs to people in communities. And chefs, using air quotes here, doesn't necessarily mean they have a restaurant, etc. There's a process to be approved as a chef through the app, but people can use their home kitchens. So people passionate and dedicated to cooking can also make money by selling meals or even donate a meal to a family in their community. I love that. So cool. Yeah, and Plates aims to address the foundational issues that people face today and change how people access quality food experiences. By combining the different forces of the sharing economy, social networking, and social responsibility, they encourage people to share their passion for cooking in order to improve health, build closer communities, reduce food waste, and reduce hunger. And those are some really lofty goals. We are changing a connection with food, right? By creating dining experiences in a chef's or a teacher's or a baker's home or wherever that venue might be where they operate. And they get to tell their story. They get to describe where that food came from. There are all kinds of sparks of interest, of awakening, of consciousness that we kind of like to talk about. So are we going to solve this overnight? No. Can we build a platform and a place and and kind of plant seeds all over with people that are much more conscious of where their food came from and how it's prepared, I think absolutely. Giuliano and I love to make food. And over the course of our relationship, that's grown even more, definitely for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I learned how to home make, make I learned how to make homemade pasta from Giuliano's dad, Tony, and we really enjoy our time in the kitchen. So we're actually gonna add a little Anthony Porowski queer eye moment to this episode, and Giuliano's gonna give us Tips for a delicious summer meal on the grill. Yes. All right. So we are in the thick of summer and I love grilling because you can enjoy the weather and a nice beverage while you cook and it can be really communal when you have guests over or you're just hanging out with your family. Um, And also fire makes everything taste better and not just meat. Um, And that's part of what I want to talk about today. So quick um, meal. For, for the grill. It doesn't have to be complicated. You can throw just about any vegetable on the grill. Um, one of my favorites is corn on the cob. I like to season it first by drizzling the cobs with olive oil. Uh, then you just want to sprinkle salt, pepper, a uh, little garlic powder, and some cumin for um, a little bit of that smoky flavor. And you want to put them right on the hot grill and you want to preheat it first, as always. Um, and you want the corn to blacken a bit. And so you're going to leave them in one place for about three to five minutes and then just check and turn, check and turn probably 15 minutes, it'll be done. All right, so just don't walk away for too long, which is a good rule of thumb when you're grilling anything on high heat, I've learned the hard way. And before serving, squeeze a little fresh lime juice and sprinkle with grated Parmesan cheese. And that's such a delicious and very easy way to like really like 
give corn on the cob like a few bonus points yeah it's, you know? it zests it up all right so now we are going to talk about a protein um one thing i love to put on the grill are chicken thighs the skin on bone in i like these cuts a lot because they can take quite a bit of heat while still staying juicy and flavorful so again really simple you can just do a dry rub on the skin side only salt pepper paprika and cayenne can't go wrong um, and you want to pat them down with paper towels so they're not uh, super wet when they hit the grill but make sure you leave a little bit of moisture on the skin so everything sticks so um, for grilling them the secret is harnessing the power of indirect heat so if you're using a gas grill I would recommend preheat the whole thing on high and then turn off one burner so when you put the chicken you're gonna put it on the burner that's off and you can put them skin side up let them cook for 25 to 30 minutes by the end the skin will be crispy and you can flip them if you want a little char grill mark just a couple seconds though if you do you don't want to burn all the spices and then do we have time for a little cocktail um, there's always time for a little cocktail. There's always time for a little cocktail. Okay, so I'm actually going to go with one that I never really tried until we met, which is the Oaxacan Negroni. <sighs> yes. This is the Josh thank cocktail. Thank you, Volturno, yes. for introducing me to the Oaxacan Negroni. Yes, and thank you for introducing me to it. You're welcome. Um, I've, I had had, you know, a few Negronis in my time, uh, gin Negroni. So the classic Italian Negroni is equal parts gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth. I like to, like, not go as heavy on the sweet vermouth. Agreed. Um, and then you just stir it, and you can mix these cocktails one at a time in a glass. You don't need to shake it. It's super easy. Um, stir it a lot, you know. But for the Oaxacan, you're going to sub out the gin for smoky mezcal again grill flavors it's going to complement all that and you know negronis you typically want to garnish with an orange um and while we have the grill going and you can throw your orange slices right on the grill mm -hmm. and then kind of squeeze them or just garnish them and you're going to get that nice smoky nose every time you every time you sip your your beautiful drink sounds delicious thank you very much thank you um and you know one of the things that we can't not talk about again when we're talking about food, like it's always great to talk about delicious recipes and cool apps and things that are connecting people to food. We've got to talk about some of the logistics of food and access to food, right? Yeah. And so we can't talk about food without talking about the cost of food because food is a pretty big expense and it can be hard to justify certain spending when it seems like cheaper alternatives are available. Here's Aaron again. I think some of the disconnect with this issue of cost is we see that meal at McDonald's, right? Or the fast food chains as cheap, but what your, your actual cost per nutrient is rather expensive, especially when basically you're not getting any nutrients, right? You're just getting calories. Americans have this idea that food should be cheap, right? And we would much rather, or we are much more willing and this is, you know, clear, to pay more money for a new TV or trade in our lease on our car and spend more there instead of investing in ourselves, in our health and our well-being. That needs to be a societal shift. Yeah. We need to place value on investing in ourselves. What do we have if, if we're not doing that? Okay, that seems very valid. I had never thought about the cost per nutrient before. Yeah. And it makes a ton of sense, uh -huh. right? And this is where, when we're talking about systems, like the healthcare system, it's easy to get into disagreements with people about how things should run, be, exist, et cetera, because of the complexity of how all these systems are connected, right? But, and I know this is a real simple version of a complex issue, but if you rely on fast food for most of your meals, that very well may lead to significant health challenges that cost you money, time, energy, et cetera. 
where if you spend a little more on nutrient-rich food for those meals, your other associated health costs could be lower. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think the issue we're dealing with is a symptom of a a huge issue in American society, which is just this expectation um, that things like food and entertainment should just be fast and cheap. Well, and the other thing I want to acknowledge, because I imagine many people listening may be thinking about this, there is another element of food and eating that we haven't directly talked about, which is time, right? It takes time to make one's own food, right? And a lot of people may not have that hour plus a day to dedicate to food making. And that's another systems issue worth discussing at some point. How much should a person have to work to ensure them and their family can have stable housing, access to healthy food, and a healthcare system that meets their needs, right? And like time is a type of privilege that people experience in this country. And without going too far down the privilege pipeline, I'd like listeners to think about the time that we have in the kitchen as a type of privilege and ask ourselves, should everybody be able to dedicate time to have healthy, nutrient-rich food in their homes or on their tables, right? Um, So switching gears just slightly, money is obviously a big driver of food business. So another thing to consider is who has the money to market to you and what you, quote, should be eating and what other companies may benefit from the impacts of unhealthy eating behaviors. Here's Reza. So one particular commercial that bothers me is about you going in and eating that slice of bad pizza, and then it tells you if you have a hot burn here, it is how you fight it back. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. you know what? Your stomach is telling you this is not good for you. And you're saying, be quiet and don't say anything. Pop these tongues or whatever it is, Zantac, and be quiet about it. So... I think we need to change the conversation. We need to be more conscious about a relationship with food. And that's what's going to help us to survive and live a better life. Um, yeah. Between that and the amount of fast food, big box brand products, etc. on our TV screens and devices, that's what we're being sold. When's the last time you saw your like local farm stand or food co-op with a big advertising budget making one of those funny commercials for the Super Bowl, right? This also gets into the power of consumer demand. If we had more access to education on the importance of food and nutrition, we may be less susceptible to purchasing food from companies that don't prioritize these things. But as we come up to the end of this episode, there's another thing we have to talk about. Food waste. Huge, huge, huge thing. Food waste. Having come from the restaurant world and having worked in restaurants all over the world, I see day after day, you prepare and you just hope for the best. You can, you know, you can expect and you can look at trends, I suppose, but at the the end, you never know how many people are going to walk in that door or what the weather's going to be to impact that. And then sometimes you're left with all of this food. And can you imagine how much food is getting thrown away from restaurants? $650 billion worth of food is wasted annually. And we have 800 million people today going hungry around the world. In this country, we have 45% of the students that they have a food security issue, right in the U.S. The hunger is not a lack of food issue. It's a lack of the management and organization and accessibility issue. This is true. And I want to just reiterate, hunger is not a lack of food issue. It's the lack of management 
organization and accessibility to that resource. And there are a handful of companies like Plates addressing this issue in different ways. A company called Gooderco is using technology, including blockchain, to give people control of their food, their surplus food, reduce their carbon footprint, and get food into local communities. Look them up. We'll keep we'll tag them in uh, the description for this episode. And for Plates, they're using their app to create direct relationships between food makers and food consumers who could live right down the street with from each other, with a focus on nutrition and health. You know, when when you mention those numbers, right? It's staggering, and that doesn't even necessarily represent the massive numbers of people that are getting plenty of calories, like we talked about, but are undernourished. Right. So this has been a lot, Giuliano. What are some of the things that really resonated with you from my conversation with Aaron and Reza? I think the inequities we see are based in, you know, larger systemic issues, issues of access and being able to, you know, look at the way our society is structured and say, you know, everybody should be able to make enough money only working a certain amount of hours. So there's time left to cook good food, you know, and spend time, you know, with your loved ones. Right. Well, and we didn't even get into talking about food deserts, which is, you know, right. like often happens in cities and like urban areas where there isn't a grocery store that's in a reasonable distance from a neighborhood, right? And right. when you compound that with lack of access to transportation and not being able to afford owning a, a family car or, you know, cars for individuals in the household, so you need to rely on public transportation, which is often an ineffective, uh, cumbersome system, especially when you're carting a lot of food with you. I remember right. when I lived in New York City back in 2018, I didn't have a car and I would, you know, there was a mart around this corner and I could go there and stuff, but like carrying your food up five flights of stairs in a five floor, New York city walk up, you know, there are all these things that make access to food more challenging and right. it's compounded when you're in economic situations and in situations of poverty and, you know, these, these awful experiences that people are in because of how many systems are kind of broken or, inefficient in many ways. You know, Reza talked about how f like 40% of college students in the United States are food insecure, right? Mm -hmm. So like people are putting themselves through college, oftentimes community college, and trying to justify that bill because of the future of a better life and are literally giving up meals so that they can afford to be in that classroom. And that is so, I want to use hard expletives here to just el emphasize how f up that is. It's maddening, right? And so, you know, experience this is shifting because we are actually pivoting to a new show. And it, I want to bring that up right now because it's very relevant to broken systems. So the experience this team has loved and enjoyed making this show about different people using design and technology and innovation to solve various challenges that we face as people in in this world in our communities in our neighborhoods we're pivoting to create a new show which we're really excited to bring you called public hearing and public hearing is a podcast that listens to the voices of people impacted by broken systems 
Season one is specifically going to be focused on youth development, youth access, and youth achievement, and the systems that young people in this country integrate with and are impacted by. We're talking to not only the youth and their families who are impacted by these systems, but also practitioners and experts in the field who are looking at using community-centered design approaches to solving some of these problems. So we're diving into food security and how food access is such a critical component of learning. We're talking about public education. We're talking about juvenile justice. We're talking about transportation. So think of it as experience this with a focus on social justice and systems wide change. We're really excited to bring this show to everybody, and we hope you'll uh, move with us as we transition over there. If you want to keep uh, keep following uh, our work as this show develops, which we'll be releasing in September 2020, so not too far away. If you want to keep following the show, um, please follow my company on Instagram, Action by Design. It's at Action Design Co. And We're going to be talking a little bit more about the process that I use working with communities and how to create models for community-centered innovation by incorporating and engaging the residents and stakeholders who are impacted by the decisions a lot of groups make, whether that group be city government, whether it be a nonprofit organization, whether it be a corporate, you know, for-profit business. All the decisions that these structures and these institutions make impact the lives of everyday people, and we are talking to those people as well as the people who are pushing for systems-wide change. I hope you join us. To wrap up our time today, I want to leave you with some food for thought (laughs) from Aaron. When I was in high school here in Worcester, I'll never forget one of my teachers, uh, Mr. Lazat. He taught a morality class, and he introduced us to Abraham Maslow, the American psychologist, and his hierarchy of needs. And to be quite honest, I don't actually remember the context of why we were learning it, but it stuck with me. This idea of, first and foremost, humans, they need to take care of their physiological needs first. And what are those those basic things? Food is, is the most fundamental, right? So one cannot address the rest of their life if they are going through it hungry. So in terms of working up his pyramid of, you know, eventually getting to this self-actualization, right, and reaching one's potential, which is, is, I think, the most important theme here, they cannot get there if they don't have the proper nutrients, the proper nutrition, or just food in their belly. So imagine the implications of a billion people hungry in the world not being able to reach their full potential. And can you imagine the power if we can start to not just feed those bellies, but to start to create an atmosphere of nutrition? What can come of this? Experience This Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Joshua Croak. Our creative producer is Micah Papetti. Our audio rock star and sitting across from me these past few weeks is Giuliano Dorazio. The show's music is by Rob Flax and artwork by the talented Mags Monroe. Thank you to Reza and Aaron and our co-host Giuliano for being on this episode. This is actually our last episode of Experience This, which I was just talking about. I have had such an incredible time sharing these stories with you and meeting all the amazing people behind them. As I mentioned earlier, 
Our team is working on a new show that I hope you'll join us for. To stay up to date when episodes will be released, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Action Design Co. We're tackling big systems level changes like juvenile justice, climate action, and more. If you or someone you know loves to nerd out about systems, please connect with me. Send me an email to josh at actionbydesign.co. That's C-O, not .com. Thanks for listening. You all rock. I actually had to bring, I had to take the app out and I wanted to look at the profile of, of one of our newest chefs, our newest chef um, on the platform. And the first thing that she says is, in, in her profile descriptor, is food is the common language through which I'd like to spread love. <laughs>